Hey everybody, this is your brother, Narda Michael Walden. Welcome to All In, my podcast where we break down music, life, and love, interviews, and conversations. Let's get into it. Hey everybody, this is your brother, Narda Michael Walden. Narda means supreme musician. My guru, Shishimoy, gave me the name. He said, Narda's soul brings from heaven to earth light, delight, and compassion. Takes back to heaven from earth, earth's sufferings. So through music, this is my job, to bring light, delight, and compassion. And happiness, because Lou Rawls taught me, is supposed to be fun. So I had to always think, am I having fun? Yeah. I had to remind myself, I get to do this. I get to tell nice stories and have fun. On this day, one of the greatest who ever lived in music is his birthday. The great godfather of soul, James Brown, who's actually been right here twice and changed my heart when I was a little kid with a song called Cold Sweat. The beat for Cold Sweat is cold. It goes boom, da, a do, do, da, a do, da, da, a do, da, boom, boom, da, a do, do, da, a do, da, da, a do, da, boom, boom, da, do, do, da, a do, da, da, a do, da, boom, boom. And when I was about 10 years old, if you could play Cold Sweat, you were in. If you couldn't play Cold Sweat, out. So we want to honor James Brown and his great family. We had to call him Mr. Brown. And he performed so intensely and danced so intensely and changed the world with his music. So we have to give a lot of heavenly love for the godfather of soul, James Brown, today. Also, yesterday was May the 2nd. That was the release date of one of the biggest records I've ever worked on for Whitney Houston. It was called, I Want to Dance Somebody Who Loves Me. We cut that record in this room. And I knew it was like a prize fight. That important. That of which love Muhammad Ali and Sonny Liston. A really important moment in my time of music making and for Whitney. And we pulled every stop out to make sure the bottom end had all the funk it needed and the grease and, and the grit from Randy Jackson's one finger Moog bass. Rawr, to the Italian, to the Italian stallion of Corrado Ruscici out of Italy, bringing his international flair on guitar to the jam. And all my cats like Preston Glass, bringing the bells and the harmonies. And Walter Sinaviev, even Frank Martin around that same time. David Frazier, our great engineer, putting it down. All my great singers coming in here to lay it all down like a great blueprint, from the lead vocal to the backing vocal, all but done. So when I could get with Whitney, I could play her a finished record for her to go, wow. Now I can kind of get the vision of what this is supposed to be. And then she can go out and start, start singing it. But in honesty, that was the second day of recording for Whitney. The first day when she came in, we would cut a song called For the Love of You, the great Isley Brothers song. That was the song she really knew. And when she sang that song, we stacked her voice in harmonies on each side of speakers 20 to 30, 40 times, all the harmonies herself. When she heard the playback, that gave her inspiration like a wind in her, in her sails of new life, of new sound that she had never heard her own voice stacked that many times. So that by the following day, we started I Want to Dance When He Loves Me. She was excited, she was revved up. Because at that time in her life, she had been working really hard, traveling everywhere, doing all kinds of shows, having to be everywhere at the same time. So we had to kind of step back and re-inspire her. And you hear that in that recording. She's fresh like a, like a little baby, baby, baby bird on I Want to Dance When He Loves Me. And now, Clyde Davis and her family and the estate 
are putting out this movie for Christmas, December 21st. I want to dance with somebody who loves me. The movie, the biopic. And it's being directed by the gentleman who, to the great Queen movie, Bohemian Rhapsody. So we make a prayer, it's gonna be a fabulous film with Whitney. In discussing a song I'm very proud of, it's called Higher Love. Um, this song I recorded on Whitney on the third album. Her third album, we're making All the Men I Need, I Belong to You, a bunch of, bunch of beautiful songs. But she was going through depression, a heartbreak. She was quite sad. Even my guru said she could be on the verge of not doing very well uh, spiritually, mentally at that time. So I knew something was definitely up. So in talking to her, I said, what song is out you really love? She said, oh, I love what Steve Winwood and Shaka Khan, who my, she's my favorite, what they're doing on the higher love. I said, well, why don't I cut that song for you? When I go back home to San Francisco, I'd be in New York now. When I go back home to San Francisco, I'll cut that song for you. She said, okay. So when I got back here to San Francisco in my studio, Tower Band, I got my whole band together again, Randy on bass, Corrado, and all my great people, people like Preston and all that, Dave Frazier. And I put a stellar gospel choir, like Shiloh, Jenny Tracy, all the great singers in the Bay Area. They all packed in this room. And we sang the Higher Love song. And I made it intentionally very long, like six minutes long. And when I went back to New York to see Whitney to put her voice on other songs, I surprised her. I said, sit down. And I played her the version of Higher Love that I had cut for her, the six-minute long version. And she got so excited hearing the version that she immediately wanted to sing it. I said, well, go ahead. She went out there, put her phones on, and blew down over and over and over again this six-minute long version of Higher Love. The way you hear on that record, she's blown it down all the way to the end. All the gospel riffs, all the church-inspired love, it's all there. When the album came out, Arista Records at the time decided to make it a B-side for one of her singles in Japan only. So I knew no one had actually really heard it besides a few in Japan. So after she passed away, her estate got a hold of me and said, what ideas do you have as far as Whitney's music? I said, I have a great idea. In our vaults, we have Higher Love. It's a track that hardly anyone's ever heard before, but she sings it incredible. So we got a little budget from Sony to put together a remix of Higher Love, which I did here at Tarpan with Jimmy Reitzel helping me and my team, uh, Justice Dober and a few of us. And we put a great new version for it, and we gave it to Sony. Sony gets excited. They then get someone else in New York to do a mix, and then they also bring a young gentleman named Kygo to do a mix. And I kind of forget about it. Maybe like a month later goes by. I get a phone call Sunday morning from Clive Davis. He says, hey, what's up with this song, Higher Love? I said, oh, Clive, I cut it many, many years ago, and I just re-remade it to kind of bring some new life back to Whitney. He said, well, have you heard the, the Kygo version? I said, no, I have not heard the Kygo version. I said, have you heard my version? He goes, no, I have heard your version. I go, okay. He said, well, let's, let's call back after we hear each other's versions. I said, okay. So I, I check out Kygo's version. It's really cool. And Clive hears my version. He calls back and says, you know what? Uh, everything's good, but you know what? Kygo's got a massive following right now. At his shows, there are like thousands and thousands of people. And his version is really good. I said, okay. So they decided to put out Kygo's version. And God bless Whitney. Her voice rang like bells. So beautiful. 
And people took that song all over again, Higher Love. And I'm very, very proud of it and very proud of her. And it just goes to show you that quality is always number one. There have been over 700 million streams worldwide of Higher Love. I'm very proud of her success and that she's with us every day of our lives. Even though she's in heaven, we're still here on the earth and we celebrate her with her passion for music, her passion for life, her passion for brilliant singing. We call her The Voice. We're here to honor another great achievement on the behalf of Whitney Houston and her work and her love of music. We have just now received the um, certified Three Diamond Album Award. What that means is her first album has now achieved over 13 million platinum album sales. Whitney Houston, the first album, 13 million sales of platinum albums. The second album is now 10 million plus album sales. 10 million plus. The Bodyguard, the third album, is now 18 million platinum album sales. So all together, this is now uh, the great achievement. They're calling her the first African-American artist to certify three Diamond Album Awards. And also with her song, I Will Always Love You, the official music video has now surpassed over one billion views. So she is iconic in history, the first African-American woman to ever achieve this type of status. It's iconic. I want to say I was just at Clive Davis's 90th birthday party in New York. It was packed with lots and lots of heavyweight people and lots of his family and his fans and people who just want to be there for him. His 90th birthday party in New York. And um, the evidence of Whitney's love in his heart is so pure to this day that the show was closed with Whitney's music and footage of her. Mark Ronson put together a collage of an hour and a half worth of video and music remixed to honor Clive's music history, starting back at Columbia with early Santana, early Blood, Sweat and Tears, early signings of Janis Joplin, those great recordings, Bruce Springsteen, like that. And then on up through Arista's early beginnings and on up through his career, over an hour and a half worth of music. So Freeway of Love will be in there. How Will I Know will be in there. They'll all be in there. But they made a big to-do of Whitney at the ending to show the great respect and love they have for Whitney. So even though Whitney's gone, we still honor and think of her every day. And we want to wish Clive Davis a happy 90th birthday. I was also very taken by the love shown from Alicia Keys. She's an angel and very, very, very gifted. I dare say genius. The melodies that she's able to find and, and punctuate and bring to life, she's onto her own. And she spoke wonderfully about her time with Clive and her times making records and uh, hanging out with him, how much she, he has inspired her. David Foster was there. He spoke beautifully and played beautifully. Earthman and Fire came and sang some beautiful songs. And we all know about their great musical legacy. I just want to say, from my side, I saw a little clip of the Mahavishnu Orchestra, which also came through Clive's ranks at Columbia. 
the first album of In a Modeling Flame, Birds of Fire, that came to Columbia. Blood, Sweat, and Tears came to Columbia. My favorite female at that time was Laura Nero. She came through Clive Davis at Columbia. So even though I hadn't met Clive yet until the early 80s, I was very taken by the music that he was in, inspired by and had something to do with as a kid. It was nice to be there for his 90th birthday. And it's just very nice that we know between us, we've made history together. And I'm very proud of the history. I want to say this part, there was like so many of my old friends and people who I'd, I hardly see anymore. They all came out to honor Clive on the 90th. Even I saw Clarence Avant. I felt like genuflecting. He's our godfather. I saw the writers, and they sat at my table with George, Merrill, and Shanna Rubicam, and George's wife, who wrote How I Know, I Want to Have Somebody Loves Me, those great pieces with me. They're so beautiful. Uh, I saw so many great people. Tracy Jordan, who runs Sirius XM. It was nice seeing her. Uh, I saw Ray Parker Jr. I saw Paul Shaver from, Paul Shaver ran the uh, great band for David Letterman's show. He's always so nice. There's just everyone there but very loving and very kind to Clive. Very loving and very kind to Clive. 90 years old. I was also very impressed by the interview that Gail King did on Clive. It made Clive very lovable, approachable, kind, um, innocent, naive in a way, when asking him would he want to fly into outer space. He said, no, I don't want to go into outer space. I, I'm very happy being on the Earth. Just asking him all kinds of different questions you don't get a ch chance to usually hear him talk about. I want to say thank you to Clive Davis for opening the door for me to produce Aretha Franklin. Today I'm wearing the pants that I would wear with Aretha on the live shows and the shoes. I'm very happy we played the last seven shows of her life together. And it was very beautiful playing the live shows with Aretha and her intensity. So I want to thank Clive and his 90th birthday for also being so supportive in the career of Whitney Houston with me as well. God bless you, Clive, on your 90th birthday going forward. And I just want to thank you for all these great things we've done of Jermaine Stewart, Angela Bofield, Phyllis Hyman, Kenny G came through here. So, so many. Working again with George Michael and Aretha. Working with Elton John and Aretha. Working with James Brown, the Godfather Soul and Aretha. So many memories. So just want to thank you again for that. Thank you all so much for listening to me speak about Clive Davis, the work with Whitney Houston, Aretha Franklin, and stay tuned to our podcast. We're coming at you strong. God bless you. Thank you so much for listening to our All In Podcast. If you enjoy the show, please follow, like, and subscribe on our socials, YouTube, Official Narda Instagram, Official Narda, one word, and All In with Narda Michael Walden on Apple Music, Spotify, and more. Thank you so very much.